To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. I can't wait to chat with you about this woman that I have today. Her name is Elise Kay. She does a gazillion things, including selling bras and helping with branding and packaging. And then she does consulting. She does it all. But she is super cool. She's salt of the earth kind of woman. And I can't wait for you to meet her. So help me in welcoming Elise Kay to the show. She is a founder of Bloom Bras and, and some other things. So tell us about you, Elise. What, what are all the businesses that you own? And let's start there and we'll go from there. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, so I am a four-time, about to be a five-time founder. Uh, I currently am the owner and CEO of a company called Bloom Bras, which is a a line of sports bras designed for curvy women. So we're now the most body inclusive line on the market. Uh, in addition, I have a product development consultancy called AHA Product Solutions. I work with consumer products companies, usually Fortune 500 uh, on their product development strategy. That's everything from um, initial concept through design engineering and into the actual manufacturing and go to market strategy of a consumer product. And then I do, I got into consulting and coaching kind of by accident because uh, I've had so many ups and downs and lefts and rights in all of my businesses. And I saw specifically with a lot of my uh, female cohorts and fellow entrepreneurs that we were struggling with some of the same things. And so if I was able to take some of my key learnings and bring it forward, that brought me more joy than anything else. Isn't it true that was, it's our learning curve may be really long, but by having those right people in your corner who've been through it, who've gone through those challenges and, and hit those, those, those tough times, they can shorten it so much. It's so valuable to have someone like you who has, you know, owned five different businesses and gone through, I'm guessing you've sold some of them and, um, and gone through that. So talk to us about your journey. Talk to us a little bit about you know, where you started and how you've gotten to where you are. I mean, in a, in a condensed yeah, version, yeah. I know we can go on and on for right. hours about that, but you know, in a condensed version, where did you start and how did you get to where you are now? So you don't want me to go back to the days of lemonade stands. Cause I, I, I definitely rocked the block with that. Um, <laughs> no, I started my career in, uh, in marketing and, um, I wanted, I'll just share a quick story. Uh, I worked for a company that makes lava lamps. Uh, that was my first job out of college and, they hadn't really done much with marketing. And so I looked at it and I said, we really should be licensing this product out. And so dove in with our R&D person who nobody had really ever spoken to before. And we kind of went through a whole list of ideas and I became obsessed with how the sausage was made. Um, so I share that story as my, my beginnings because I then spent the next... 20 years of my career, 
moving into different parts of marketing, innovation, product development, and then eventually building factories around the world. And all with the guise of taking a product and I'm sorry, taking a problem, finding a solution for that problem when it specifically came to a consumer product. I started my first company about 10 years ago, actually 12 years ago, if I, if I do the math. Uh, and then with Bloom Bras, which is my baby, um, I started that out of frustration. I couldn't find a sports bra that worked for me and said, there's got to be a better solution. Took to the internet, saw that there were hundreds of thousands of women with the same issue. Uh, and so I said, I'm not going to approach this in a typical fashion. I, it's not a design flaw. It's an engineering problem. So I brought in people from NASA and the shipping and packaging industry. And I ended up getting in contact with Oprah's corset maker. And they helped me bring my, my vision to life. Uh, and then when I launched, I launched via the internet and um, was shocked to find that we had 240,000 people come through our page within the first three weeks without paying uh, for any advertising. Wow. Yeah. So that was just from LinkedIn posts about, you know, is your bra not fitting when you're working out and you feel like you can't breathe? That, oh, maybe actually, I'm talking about myself. Right. It was actually Facebook that was, that was so beneficial. Um, I mean, LinkedIn was great. And I, I think all the socials have pros and cons to them, but uh, we did a Kickstarter and, um, you know, it, it resonated. We did a video, it went viral. Uh, and from that point on, uh, people just kept sharing it. And it was uh, it was something that I never anticipated, um, but it helped me to raise enough money to buy inventory and to buy our patent because those things are very expensive and uh, establish a factory. And we were off to the races. Very cool. Okay. So talk to us about, I'm sure that was all really simple and easy and there were no <laughs> problems that happened along that oh. journey. So talk to us about if there were any challenges, you know, what talk to where, where, what give us one example, because I'm sure there's so many with, with all those different components you just talked about, I can see challenges all along the way, quite frankly, but give us one example. So the example that I will give is I worked with a factory, um, worked with them for about 10 months, creating the designs because of the nature of the product. We did a lot of consumer testing. Um, then with supply chain, I was very cognizant. I wanted to make sure that we had the highest quality and that we were um, using sustainable opportunities whenever possible. And so I placed the order and uh about three weeks later, I get a call from this uh, the CEO of the factory. And she said, listen, I think there's a misunderstanding. You seem to have paid for an order and placed this very large order, um, but we're not able to take it. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, we're working with larger brands and um, we don't want this order. It's too complicated. It's, we, don't, we don't believe in the product line. Um, so we're not going to take it. And so overnight, I then had to make some quick decisions because, you know, there were, there were three choices. One was scream, swear, cry, all of which would have been justified. And I'm not going to say I didn't do, uh, the second would have been to say, give everybody their money back 
and I gave it my fair shot. I put 10 months and, and, you know, my own capital into this and blood, sweat and tears, and that's okay. Or the third option, which was the option I took was get on a plane the next day and go find a factory. And so with that, and I'm skipping a lot of stuff, but uh, just in the interest of time, but I got connected and I was able to then build a sustainable factory that works with solar, wind, water, and local labor in Sri Lanka. And the product ended up being better, um, but there was a lot of setbacks there. That was a, a full year of starting over and of building and building something that inevitably was my dream, but that's not where I wanted to start. Um, and the, you know, the, the biggest takeaway that I have from it, and this is the thing that I think has kept me going, we're in year seven of Bloom Bras right now, but the thing that kept that's kept me going through every setback, and there have been a lot, right? We, we lived through a pandemic uh, during that time as a company and as people, obviously, but um, but is to stay the course and to not let the ups get you too excited and not let the downs get you into the dumps, you know, celebrate the wins and, and you can have a tear or two over the losses. But if you if you fall into the trap of um, of being overly emotional about one or the other, uh, it's it's going to be a really hard journey as an entrepreneur. OK, so that all sounds easy enough. <laughs> but what was the mindset? Holy cow. So you went and you built. Did I hear you say that you built your own factory? You put together all the pieces to build this factory thinking that you had it all done already with this company who yeah. came back and said, lo siento, muchacha. So yeah. what was your mindset? You said, you know, you had three choices, but you chose to go the distance. So what did you tell yourself? How did you walk yourself through that to help you stay the course? So I think for me, a couple things happened. Number one was I knew that I, I knew that, that I was on to something that was real um, the feedback, you know, one of the things in in working with product, with consumer products, actually with any type of product, is everybody thinks their baby is the most beautiful baby in the room, always. And um, and so for me, it wasn't that I felt that the mine was the most beautiful or that the product was perfect, but I read enough statistics and I knew enough of the emotional tie to sports bras. And as a curvy woman, um, I knew that if I was feeling this frustration and these other hundred thousand women plus were feeling this frustration, that that was enough to keep me going. The second thing that happened for me was also a little bit of an ego push where I said, you know, there's, if I give up right now and, and that's not a bad thing, but if I give up right now, I will always, always wonder what if, and, and even to this day, right, that, that gets me out of bed in the morning because there's good days, there's bad days. There's, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're making a thousand decisions in a day. And some of them could be as simple as what is the mill thickness of a business card to another one being, do I take outside funding? And while those are vastly different as an entrepreneur, you're constantly making these decisions. And so for me, when I looked and I said, is this the thing that I'm most passionate about? Is it the thing that's keeping me up at night? The answer is yes. And so it was a clear decision for me to keep moving forward. I also, um, at that point, 
you know, knew that I had a great community around me that was going to cheer me on. It was going to make sure that I, um, if I didn't make it to the finish line, I would get there. I would get as close as possible. Uh, and even today in looking at some of the challenges we've had, you know, between, like I said, um, these last couple of years have been a wild, wild roller coaster. Every day I have to wake up and make that same decision. Do I want to keep doing this? Do I not? And, you know, again, I think every entrepreneur probably faces that decision, if not daily, hourly. Yeah. And you're in a tough market. You're in yeah. a tough market. But, you know, a lot of the people who I interview are in competitive markets. You know, if you're a consultant, go add your card to the big giant box, right? Because there's so many consultants out there too, but there's something that makes people special. And that's what I want people to hear in these interviews, right? What makes you so different that you have this team around you? That's like, we got you, Elise, we're going to do this right. with you. You're not alone. So we're on this journey and it's going to be making you feel like it's okay. And I, I think, you know, I think that is that it, it's such a beautiful thing. And I, I, it's one of the, one of the, um, most exciting things is seeing this rise of women in business, women who are starting their own businesses, women who are tackling really big problems. So I'll just use bras as an example. So 70% of women in the United States are now a D cup or above. Uh, the average dress size is a 14, 16, which is the equivalent of a 44, 46 band. There's no brands right now that are tackling those issues. So while I am in a competitive space, there isn't anything like, like a bloom bra, which is essentially, right, it's a wire free, it's adjust, everything is adjustable on it, and it's designed for comfort. And so when designing a product, I think it's really important to understand that. On the flip side, the success comes in storytelling. If you've got a great story, if you're a consultant, let's just say, right, you're, you're a consultant, and there's a hundred, a thousand other consultants that are doing what you're doing, you need to figure out how it is that you are going to stand out from the pack. So like, for instance, one of the things that that I do with all of my clients is I say, all right, let's, let's, do, our, let's do a strategy session for free. Because for me, that's how I'm going to know if I want to work with them. And I'm at a place in my life and my career where I do have the ability in some cases to say, is this somebody I want to, is this, is this a brand? Is this a person? Is this a company that I want to work with? Do I want to coach? Do I want to consult? And then if I'm going to do it, what does that look like? So that we have, it's, you know, it's like dating, but also how do I then make myself stand out? If they're interviewing 10 other consultants, what is going to make me the the winner? Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a really interesting ride because I've gotten to work on everything from, you know, some pretty big celebrity licenses to um, coming in and, and fixing a broken company to launching a, a brand from, from the ground all the way up. And so being able to tell my story has been a really cool side, um, you know, side asterisks of growing these businesses. I could talk to you for forever because there's so many different aspects of what you do and how you've gotten through things that I find so interesting. But for the for the you know sake of time, 
What is one big takeaway that you suggest for women who want to grow multi-million dollar businesses? What's one key that you feel they need to really hone in and know? So I'm, I'm going to answer it in two parts. Number one, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you who've done this before. Um, that is, if, you know, if, if you get nothing else out of this, take that as a takeaway. The second one, and that's what I was saying earlier, is stay the path. Um, we were talking, you know, offline, but I wake up every morning and I have a to-do list. And on that to-do list, and it's a pretty lengthy to-do list, I include things like go for a walk, um, meditate, call your mom, because those are just as important in my daily um, mental shift as going through my checklist of things that have to happen and things that maybe don't have to happen today, but need to happen in a shorter period of time. And I look at it like a budget, you know, and so I allocate every minute um, possible to both tasks as well as um, mental health. Could not agree anymore. You have to have a balance with that. And it has to be both to be able to do it, right? You need to have the the productivity in there. You know, you work out, so you have the brain space, right? And also there's something that physically happens in your body. It just is a proven yeah. thing, right? And the more that you do it and the more that you get into a habit, I talk about this a lot, is, is the habit of it, right? So you talked about walking, you're very specific walking and then also doing another workout. That's how you get into flow. That's how you kind of clear that mental space so that you can allow for more um, creativity, I'm guessing. Yeah. Right. And then you have yeah. your checklist. And so that's, it's a habit. Right. It, it's interesting. Cause even, you know, we were talking uh, earlier when we were talking about a, a, a negative thing that had happened in, in my career, I had a, I had a co-founder that we just didn't see eye to eye and that, you know, those things happen from, from time to time. And we were at a critical part in the business. And I just remember her and I going for a walk and it was the first time we actually were having, I would say, a really productive conversation about the future of the business, about the future of our relationship. And it was only because we were able to step away that we were able to, um, to get through some of those obstacles. And again, everybody's got their own working style. And one of the things about being a business owner is that you have to be able to adapt to both your own, but also to others to make sure that your business thrives. So this is, um, there's so many different aspects that we have covered today from staffing to partnerships, to growth, to, uh, you know, how do you, how do you adjust when you've been knocked out at your knees and punched in the gut and then kicked again, 10 times, right? And how do you get through that? So where can people find more information on you, Elise? So for Bloom Bras, it's just bloombras.com, B-L-O-O-M-B-R-A-S.com. Uh, I personally am on LinkedIn and uh, you can find me at Elise K-E-L-Y-S-E-K-A-Y-E. And I encourage anybody to reach out. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Thank you so much for being here and just sharing your wisdom with us. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me.